Welcome to the Dermastore Podcast. A chat about all things skincare, skin health. And if you're a real skin nerd, we, we hope, hope you'll, you'll join, join the, the conversation. conversation. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Dermastore Podcast. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Good morning, Greg. I'm well. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, what did you use this morning? I took special care in my routine this morning. I want my skin to look... Camera better. face. Exactly. So I used the Endocare, the new cleanser, the foaming wash... Gosh, that just excites you when you put it on your skin. It's amazing. Is that the Aquaphone? Yeah, and it's. Do you know it's got growth factors in really? the cleanser? Wow, that was amazing. And then I used the ZO Skin Health Daily Power Defense. So okay. that is your antioxidant serum, but I layer it as a moisturizer because it's really uh, nourishing enough. Mm-hmm. And then to finish the glow, I used Color Science Glow SPF 50. Oh, cool. That's the brush, yeah? Actually, the, the cream format. Oh, the cream format. Yeah. Okay. The We're going to launch the brush quite soon, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh. The weather is a little bit overcast and muggy today, so what did your routine plan out like? So I just used Zoe Scrub. I think I mentioned this last time in the shower. The dual scrub. The dual scrub, uh-huh. which is great. And then I'm testing a new vitamin C serum, which I can't mention. And then I also used the Endocare, the new comfort cream, which okay. I'm really loving that. It's got a, such a beautiful formulation, velvety, smooth, really, and packed with growth factors. Is this part of that tensage range? Tensage range. Amazing. And then I used the Mardi Derm Pigment Zero SPF 50. Part of the DSP range? Yes. Okay. I, I just had that on the shelf. I think my wife's been using it. So I tried that. So that's a sunscreen with a cocktail of brightening actives. And it's also got a beautiful scent. And we got a really good review on that the other day. So I, that came to top of mind. Oh, that's very cool. I've, I've actually used that product a few times because I do struggle with hyperpigmentation. Okay. And I just am obsessed with the cocktail of ingredients yeah. in that moisturizer with SPF 50. What exactly. more do you need? Multi- functional. So Laura, a very exciting episode today. We have a guest in our podcast studio. Well, we're actually not in the studio today. We're recording here in the beautiful city of Cape Town and we have managed to get Dr. Bradley Wagemaker from Lamel. Just to give you guys a, an insight into what Lamel has done on Dermastore, it's, it's a phenomenally successful brand. At the end of the day, people who are driving innovation is really what excites us at Dermastore. People who are pushing the boundary and really taking skincare to a new level. So joining us in the podcast studio, how are you, Dr. Bradley? Very good. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so thrilled to have you. It's um, one thing to have you in person, the creator of Lamel, because we don't have access to that. Yeah, we don't get to talk to the source very often. No. Working with a lot of international brands, you know, the kind of founders and developers have either sold their companies or moved on. And I just wanted to start the conversation. So innovation is very key for you at Lamel. And can you just tell us why innovation is important? Let's be honest that as research and our understanding of basic biological functions progresses, we recognize that there are more and more important pathways and mechanisms in skin that we can address more easily than what we could have in the past. Now, it's not to say that innovation will always trump what's been out there and what works. You know, if you take vitamin A's, for example, vitamin C's, probably the most widely researched ingredients in modern day dermatology. Retinoids are still the cornerstone of how we approach and treat many conditions. So it would be unfair to think that innovation is superseding much of what we already have. Instead, it's, it's recognizing that there are pathways that newly understood can be utilized to bring about a result or a change in skin, be that from a medical dermatology perspective or a cosmetic dermatology approach. Our innovation is really driven by deeper understanding of what it is we haven't yet conquered, mm. understood deep enough to bring about 
an improvement in a condition. And as we learn more about these and recognize that there are signals and proteins and little molecules that control all of these things, we can start mimicking as technology catches up. So it's not innovation for the sake of innovation, innovation for bringing about a better result. And sometimes innovation is not any better yeah. than existing And example. you can spend years developing these things and they result to nothing. Exactly. So it's inc- incremental cost to make and bring to the consumer yeah. when the result is marginal. In our mind, that's, that's, that's not, not good enough. It. It's sort of wasteful innovation. It's, it's great to understand, but it's not applicable. And then we would always default back to our favorites. Back to the drawing board. and yeah. Nothing wrong with retinoids. <laughs> exactly. And Bradley, how much of the research and development in RD do you rely on feedback from your clients? So I'm sure a lot of it has got to do with the medical society and community in terms of later science, but the feedback from your consumer, I'm sure, plays a huge role. Well, it's actually, to be honest with you, the one that impacts me the most. <laughs> My wife will be the first to tell you that I'll come home some evenings downtrodden and distraught because someone said they didn't like the feel of something, and you're like, oh, how am I supposed to get over this? No one likes this, or someone doesn't like the feel of this product or that. Feedback is critical. And in the, in the pre-launch phase, it's essential that we have real-life consumers try the product and reference relative to what they know. So very often they'll say, it's great, but it's a bit greasy. And although that's not principally my area of expertise, I'm more interested in what it's actually doing. Often I'd say to my team, you know, it works, that I can guarantee. Yeah. If it's a little sticky, I'm sorry, but it really works. Yes. So occasionally I need to kind of take the hat off of the innovation side and really consider mm. the semantics of feel and touch and yes. those types of things. But ultimately... I always say to the consumers who I do try and engage with when there is a concern or a preference to have a product changed is let me understand why and is that more important than what it's bringing to your need. So if it is the pigment that's not improving, tell me how I can fix it and and I'll try and address that with my chemists. And that's the innovation and continuous improvement with your research. Going back to the evolution of innovations, I mean, you started primarily, your big tech ideas were pegged around peptides and growth factors. Is that right? Well, to be honest with you, the original start was actually growth factors. Okay. Growth factors are peptides. Yes. The the real break in that was really the time that I spent when I was in the military. Okay. I was in charge of the uh, wound care division at the Institute for Aerospace Medicine, and uh, I ran the hyperbaric chambers in that unit. And my role was to work with the trauma surgeons to help address patients with chronic wounds and wounds that weren't healing properly and so on. And it was through that that I got to experience a lot of magic, if you will, of topical growth factors, where we use those in conjunction with this type of science to help patients. That's where my understanding and real passion for growth factors began, and recognizing how multifunctional they were, kind of sort of expanded that out beyond just a wound to, well, can this help normal skin? Heal, yeah. Uh, I mean, aging is a form of injury, so how do we try and adjust the processes within the skin to try and bring about So growth factors actually were the predominant. Okay. So moving on to your latest baby. So we've been selling Dermaheal Refirm for two years now. Let me tell you, when we first got it, we kept it in completely separate from any other product. It went into its own like fridge, (laughs) temperature controlled room. Like we really treated this product. Well, we still do. As exactly what, you know, it was launched as. The stem cell conditioning media Alexa. It's it's great to hear that you're taking such good care of it. It does need to be baby a little bit yeah but again we, we've been able to work with technology that makes it a little more robust than that so not quite the fridge but <laughs> don't, leave, don't leave in the boot of your car just temperature controlled exactly so the main ingredient is adipose stem cell adipose derived stem adipose cell. 
Adipose derived media. Okay, so adipose is fatty tissue or fat. It is. Okay, yes. all right. Goodness. So you take stem cells out of the fat right. and you're putting them into a medium or media. Correct. And you're allowing the stem cells to grow. Divide, yes. Divide, okay. And then you remove the stem cells and Correct. whatever's left over in that process, that's what you're using. Very close. Very, very, very close. I love that. Give us the full lowdown. I'll give you an 8 out of 10 for that okay. one. Distinction. <laughs> Essentially, the, the fatty tissue themselves, or that is aspirated, is spun down and various cells are removed and elements are removed. So it's called the stromal vascular fraction. Fancy name. It just means we get rid of all the unwanted tissue material in the aspirate, the stuff that gets removed from the tissue. Right. So you're left with some viable cells. Those stem cells are then placed in, in, a, in an environment in which they can grow and develop. We call this a 3D culture. And this culture material not only maintains the stem cells, but it also enables us to deliver signals to those stem cells. In other words, ask them to divide and grow and multiply. So they don't convert to adipose fatty tissue. Right. They remain as a stem cell form, but they divide in number. So they increase the base of stem cells themselves. Then what we do is we take those and we stimulate them. In other words, we expose them often to a hypoxic, a low oxygen environment, so mm-hmm. 2 to 5% oxygen, and we stress the cell, but not enough to hurt it. We're just gently encouraging not it. Not abusing cells no. here. <laughs> no cell abuse occurs. <laughs> and so what happens is that these stem cells then start secreting a variety of proteins and soluble substances. Okay. And now more recently we've learned these tiny little blebs, little pockets containing a myriad of different information signals. They secrete these with these soluble proteins into that medium. Okay. And don't let them divide till eventually they're exhausted and stop. We slow the process down by changing the atmospheric conditions that they're exposed to and then remove from this condition cell media, the cells themselves. They then get taken out. And to your point, what's left is this collection of goodness. Now, I must point out that there are no stem cells in the stem cell condition. Okay. It's, there's no cells. There's no human tissue. Because one does sort of, in your mind, you think this thing's like alive with yeah. you know <laughs> it's growing in the bottle yes exactly absolutely not there's, okay. there's nothing in there that is living growing okay, nothing of the sorts so all you're left with if I were to put it simply it's a solution filled with signals amazing and these signals are varied types that have effect on various tissues and they contain messages so they in other words you're applying a substance that is quite literally speaking to the cells of your skin. So can I jump in here? Yes. Let's help the consumer understand exactly what you just said. Okay. You know, so <laughs> I'm applying the serum to my skin. Mm. What, for example, benefits am I going to see? What is it helping with? Let's assume for a second that we're speaking about a patient who has some degree of photo-aging or aging by just blowing out birthday candles. <laughs> um, essentially, in, in, that, in that context, a patient's cells within their skin have often either been damaged or at the very least are slowing down in many of their functions. And in order to bring about normal cell operation, something needs to talk to them and okay. say to them, cells of the skin, time to get together and let's fix up our mess. And something has to orchestrate a rebuild and orchestrate an increase in activity and viability of these cells. So in order to do that, in the past, we've made use of professional treatments like lasers and needling and peels and all these types of interventions, which force the cells into action by a form of tiny injury. Well, we're kind of avoiding that. We're speaking directly to the cells and saying, right, guys, let's fix up house. And that's what those cell communications do. So you're putting a solution on your skin, that is effectively reactivating what your skin has been able to do all along. Yeah. It just can't do We're so well anymore. It. 
So it's indicated for sun damage skin. So more your mature client, or is it also early aging, would you say? It's about degrees of benefit. Okay. You know, if a younger individual were to apply the solution to their skin, what sort of change are they like? I think I watched a video where you said you can't polish a really polished Ferrari. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so again, in, in that context, if you were to identify a consumer who had concerns of age prevention, they've got great skin, it's in good condition, they just don't want to get older, then I would direct them more towards really powerful antioxidants, topical yeah. antioxidants, retinoids, ascorbic acids, you know, sun protection. That is really where your money's best spent, to be honest. Yet, when an individual starts showing signs of mm. early aging and skin changes, which they often can't perceive unless seen by someone with experience in these changes, when the individual's skin changes have reached a point where you can visibly notice, look, there's things that are broken, deranged function, then time to step up okay. the ante and get onto Got something you. a little more potent. And that's where this could be a choice. You mentioned in the stem cell conditioning media, the little pockets that break away. Oh, yes. Okay. So those are called exosomes. They is that are correct? Indeed. Okay. Is this a newer thing? Because when we launched Refirm two years ago, that wasn't really spoken about too much. So is this like a new discovery or? No. Exosomes were originally discovered back in the early 80s. And to date, I think there's been over 30 to 40,000 articles published on with about three and a half thousand new publications a year let's just take a step back what on earth is an exosome yes. firstly the exosome is just a name of a piece of the cell of the stem cell when it releases a signal it packs some of these signals or messages directly into a small little cell pocket and this pocket floats free it's not a living cell i must just re-emphasize <laughs> that just in context of the size of this little package it's 10 times smaller than a wavelength of light Visible light. Wow. So it, it is tiny. Microscopes struggle to see them. They're that small. So they contain a lot of DNA, RNA, English, uh, communication software, if you will. Okay. Uh, signals that can quite literally tell a cell what to do, how to divide, how to control, how to manage itself. So these exosomes are really just the name of that tiny little packet of goodness and information released by the stem cell. Now, directly to your question, why wasn't much mentioned at the time of the release of uh, Refoam? Simply put, the concentration of the exosomes is a technology we've only more recently been able to master. Okay. So in the early version of Refoam, the amount of exosome in the product itself was fairly limited. Now we're able to start concentrating them, gathering more into the solution. So we are now at a point where the concentration of the exosomes is reaching about 2 billion exosomes per mil of solution. Wow. So uh, we're still working on a newer versions yet, uh, which can be applied to skin after an invasive treatment, so lasers, those types of things, where we're looking at probably up to 100, 105 billion exosomes per mil. It's not that the tech is new, just okay. that we know how to work with it better. Two years ago, we launched Refirm. You've got more confidence in this technology now than ever. Is oh, that yes, right? Absolutely. Because obviously when you release something to market, you've got to see how people respond to it. And you can obviously see the results of your patients. I mean, we're getting great feedback on Dermastore. So that gives you another vote of confidence that this is not, as we mentioned earlier, slightly significant changes. These are big changes that are happening. So with your new product, it's a cream-based product. Are you adding as much of the stem cell conditioning media or are you doing it in combination with other ingredients? How are you approaching the new product? 
product. The moisturiser or the cream that we've developed does not contain the same concentration as the Refirm Serum. Yeah. That is 98% conditioned It's medium. like uh, almost there, I mean. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's really not much I can no. fit into it. It's, it's <laughs> full, jam-packed. Okay. So uh, with the moisturiser, the idea was to try and provide a solution of exosomes, a high concentration of exosomes, which is also in the new serum, but to provide these exosomes in a base that we could also include antioxidants, we could also include other sorts of okay. beneficial ingredients. I must stress that despite being the new kid on the block, the supernova of cosmetic dermatology, as they say, the exosome is not the silver bullet cure-all to everything. It's not as though this one ingredient will change the face of modern-day dermatology. That's reaching a little far, I think. Yeah. It is a phenomenally powerful ingredient it absolutely is but the skin has needs that can't just be answered by this one particular level of innovation it, it still needs some fundamentals yes and they are by no means outdated topical antioxidants ingredients that can reduce inflammation in the skin stimulate ceramide production of the lipid bilayer these are all essential and so to try and offer an individual an all-encompassing package if you will of all these different elements the elixir or rather the refer moisturizer was then conceived like let's let's try and give someone a bit of everything. Mm. So as a result, you've got to make space, right? You've got to make space for all these. You can't offer the same level of a condition mediate in that format. So I'm very, very excited for it. I think it's been a long time coming and I still see a lot of development further into this field. But at the same time, I must stress that still we consider some of the more conventional actives. Again, I have to stress because I love those. And other forms of powerful antioxidants and then new signals or new proteins that can reduce the effect of pollution in our skin, reduce the harmful effects of certain enzymes, they remain equally important and certainly in my crosshairs in terms of a, an adequate solution or a better solution. So this is just one step in a direction. It's okay. not the, the step. The ultimate. No. It's, it's a no, everything that has come before still has a place and, totally. and relevancy. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's so, what's so beautiful about Lamel is it is a professional skincare brand that requires that attention to detail from your professional skincare therapist, your advice. It's not just something that you'd pick up off the shelf because it does need that education, but it also needs that customization, you know, according to what that patient's skin needs at that particular time. Correct. Um, so it sounds like an incredible add-on to your existing routine, your ascorbic acids, your retinols. So we're very excited. About Learning how to incorporate the different ingredients and to what you just added, you have a particular objective that you wish to achieve in, in the skincare program. And again, I'm speaking specifically about cosmetic dermatology as opposed to clinical dermatology, where there are very different objectives and needs in many instances. But if a consumer gets shown how to blend this in with their day-to-day program, it, it's not as though use this, nothing else, and you're sorted. Need balance. Absolutely. And, and we all have different skin needs. Our lifestyles are all very unique and different. Yeah. So my aggressors and triggers for my skin conditions will be completely different to yours. You guys have, you know, beautiful uh, ranges from Sarah to Clarity. You can actually customize your routine in any which direction. And I think what has been very smart about Lamel, you can pretty much use anything with anything. I mean, even with the stem cell conditioning media, right, other than very acidic AHAs at the same time, you can use it across the board. Oh, absolutely. Again, that's where Lara is saying you need someone to advise. And consumers may not know that a low pH or an acidic type solution is going to inactivate peptides. Yeah, so yeah. Don't blend them, but learn how to apply them. That type of professional advice is really key. And that is why we've aligned ourselves with professional people like Dermastore because we realize that you have the ability to 
educate the consumers so well and give them the advice that they need that makes a difference. And just by using the, the regimen in the wrong way, you're not going to have an adverse event, but you certainly may not have the result that you had hoped to see. And so working with the product correctly needs a partner like this. Say, guys, consider changing like this just even for a week and then come back to your program. That is critical. Wow, that was a very fascinating conversation, Bradley. Thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, we learned so much and we hope all of you at home learned so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. You know, when people have interesting questions and they they want to know, that just really was what we're about, sharing information and and letting people learn more as, as we learn. Let others learn too. Yeah, I always appreciate listening to you, Brad. You make science easy to understand, which is really, really beautiful. And it, it translates in your products as well. It's accessible to everyone. And we really are grateful for this. You know, we've always said at Lamel that if your consumer can't truly understand why they need to use something, then you, you failed them. Okay. Mm. Let them know why and people will use what's good for them. At the same time, people should know what's not good for them. Be aware of that too. So I just really appreciate the fact that you've allowed this vehicle to, to talk to people and, and let them understand a bit more. But it's fantastic. So, so you'll you. you'll come back and join us for another podcast? Any day. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Bradley. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Don't forget to subscribe if you're keen to learn more about what we have to say. We would also really love your thoughts, ideas, and any questions you have for future episodes. You can email us on pod at dermastore.co.za.